you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this Monday edition of Move the Sticks. I'm Rhett Lewis here, as always, with our former NFL scouts, lead NFL draft analyst here for us, Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks. Uh, guys, it was a Sunday where we saw top seeds tumbling. We saw surface tablets getting smashed on the sidelines. And we saw Nick Saban, the NFL coach, relevant once again. Do you know why? DJ, first crack. Oh, Nick Saban relevant once again. The last time Tom Brady was shut out. Is that what we've got? Nice work as the architect of the last defense to shut out Tom Brady back in 2006. That was also Nick Saban's last win as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. So there you go. Uh, and we will get to that Buck saints game here in just a moment. But guys, I know you're not with us, uh, with me rather, but we are still going to begin like we always do with the big one, two, three. And the first big game comes to us from the now NFC North champion Green Bay Packers. Only team with an opportunity to clinch a playoff berth in the NFC that actually did it. Ravens did claw their way back into this game with two Tyler Huntley touchdown runs in the game's final five minutes, but opted to go for a two-point conversion and the win on that last one instead of the extra point and a tie. Two-point play, unsuccessful, and the Packers get the hat and t-shirt game win, 31-30. to Okay, DJ, on the two-point play, how do you feel about the decision from John Harbaugh? Now, second time in three weeks, they have fallen in a similar situation. Yeah, look, I think that's who they are, and I, I appreciate that. I, to me, I think it's a little bit tricky because you've got the presence of Aaron Rodgers on the other side, and I, you know, you give him the ball back, and you, you're not feeling great about things. And so you try and be aggressive there, maybe get the two-pointer. But Rhett, we were talking about this in the pre-show meeting. Even if they... You know, Aaron Rodgers going down to score, it doesn't matter if you get this play or not, the game's over. So, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's who they are. I'm, I'm always down for people staying true to who they are. That part um, I that's get. That's what they do. That part I get, Bucky. Yeah, I, I get that part. But if this is what you do, then you do it all the time. And so if you go back and we talk to analytics people, then when they were down 14 and they scored a touchdown to bring within one score, why not go for two then? Because – then that eight points were making a six-point lead. You score like they scored at the end with 40 seconds left. Now you boot the PAT, you have a chance to go up. 
And so if you're gonna play the numbers equation where two point conversions are converted at a coin flip 47% rate, look man, the Baltimore Ravens should go and go all the time because they live it, they're living in their world, that world. The coach is obviously comfortable dealing with the blowback that comes when they don't get it. I'm just saying, if you're gonna do it, go all the way in. Jump all the way in, two feet into the circle, and become the two-point conversion maven. Go for it all the time and put all the pressure on the opponents to come up with enough defenses to stop. The problem with that is you got the best kicker in football over there, too, that's kind of like, hey, hey, remember me? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, you know, I can put this thing through the uprights in a pretty good clip. And, and to kind of go back to your point, DJ, on that, if this was, if they had scored that touchdown on, like, the last play of the game, no time left, then I kind of understand yeah. the two-point play. But even if you get the two-point conversion, you're still leaving Rodgers with 40 seconds. So there's like there's no guarantee. At that point, I'd like to just stay in the game, get the extra point. Again, knowing I've got the best kicker in football, if I can get one stop, you know, let Justin Tucker uh, put it through the uprights. But I think we got to send our hats off here, DJ, to Tyler Huntley. A phenomenal job stepping in in place of Lamar Jackson, which kind of brings forth some interesting conversations about how this Ravens offense operates going forward. Yeah, I was looking up my notes as I looked down here, uh, my draft notes on Tyler Huntley coming out. So he was just over six foot, so 6'005", 196 pounds. This guy completed 73% of his passes in college. He was efficient. He was very careful with the ball, did not have a big arm, uh, was able to escape and make things happen with, with zone reads. He did the same thing in this game. He used his legs. He was dynamic. You see the 73 rushing yards. This offense looked as good as it's looked in quite some time, and it led me thinking, Buck, about this possibility going forward. And there's been a big debate, you know, are they going to pay Lamar Jackson? I look at it from a different standpoint and say, okay, 17-game season, your offense clicks best when your quarterback has fresh legs and can really rush the football. So why not take a little bit of a baseball approach in here and bake in maybe two games a year? You space those out where you give Tyler Huntley kind of those spot starts you rest Lamar Jackson, so he gets the bye. He gets two other weeks to rest with Huntley out there. I think they can operate this offense, and it keeps Lamar fresh as you go through the season because Lamar without fresh legs, this offense does not operate very well. Yeah, DJ, I think you bring up a good point, and we've talked about it. Now, I've gotten blowback uh, for some comments I made in the spring about maybe the Baltimore Ravens should take a collegiate approach and maybe let Lamar Jackson graduate at the end of the term. Now, I won't say that they need to necessarily let him graduate, but I do believe that they may have stumbled upon something that can work for them. The collegiate system where you have multiple quarterbacks with the same skill set that are in line to play the offense the way this offense wants to operate. Years ago, John Harbaugh said, we want to be the army of the NFL when they went to this option-based system with Lamar Jackson as the centerpiece. Well, I looked at army this year. I saw army play multiple quarterbacks. And so if you're going to have an offense that really operates best when the quarterback is the runner, you need to make sure that you have enough running quarterbacks in the bullpen. I think Tyler Huntley is one. Might not double down and get another one in the draft or as a street free agent. But if you're going to play this style that they're going to play, I think you need to operate like a college team and have multiple guys that can run the ball at that position so you can play the way that you need to play. Guys. If you thought there was blowback about attempting a two-point conversion to win it, can you imagine if the Ravens employ this approach and let's say they start Tyler Huntley next season against the Jacksonville Jaguars, a winnable game, and lose? And then you're like, what are we, what are we doing? <laughs> you don't think like, you're thinking with a loser mindset. I'm thinking with a winner's mindset. We can go out there and beat Jacksonville. I'm going to keep okay. Lamar fresh and ready. Now, look, we get blowback because that's outside the box. You don't take a guy who's an MVP caliber quarterback and right. take him out of the game. Yeah. Right. But the way they use him at that position is different than the other MVP quarterbacks we've had yeah. in the past. It would take some understanding on his part. I don't know if Lamar would be up for that. Uh, but I think it's at least something I would have a discussion about because I think everybody can win in this buck where you get a chance to keep him fresh and, and ready to go. It would take an yeah. egoless uh, quarterback room to pull that off. Everybody but the guy negotiating that contract for Lamar. Okay, let's move on. Look, longer season, more load management. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, all right, let, let's let's chime in here, though, on the Packers uh, because uh, literal hats off uh, to the Packers who are your NFC North champions. Get the fresh hats uh, here. Aaron Rodgers... I mean, look, this was not like the most explosive game we've ever seen from the Packers offense, but he was surgical once again. And it, like, it just comes back to the point that like he should be in the conversation to win a fourth MVP. Like, is there anybody better, DJ, from pre-snap 
to recognition, to execution, to ball placement. Like that Marquez Valdez Scantling, that's the only place he could have gone, and he put that ball right on the money. Uh, it's just a beautiful thing to watch Rodgers in this offense. I think now his sixth game this season with a passer rating over 125 to lead the league. Pretty darn impressive uh, for sure. Okay, shall we move on to game number two here of our big three on this Monday Move the Sticks? Not the most prolific offensive output you've ever seen between the Titans and the Steelers from Heinz Field. Just 468 yards of total offense combined between both teams. 30 individual teams have done that, or I should say 17 teams have done it a combined 30 times on their own. Uh, so yeah, this was a game of defense, this was a game of turnovers, and specifically in this one, just an unspectacular win uh, here, Bucky, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but one they desperately needed to stay in the playoff hunt. Yeah, they desperately needed it, but I think here's the thing that you have to respect about the Steelers' culture. Look, they're built on toughness, grit, and determination, and even when it's not pretty for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they consistently find a way to get it done. This has been consistent throughout their history. Uh, it's consistent throughout the Mike Tomlin era. They find a way to win when all things are stacked against them. And this is a game that they had no business winning until the Tennessee Titans decided to make it a turnover festival. Uh, three straight turnovers. Uh, you talk about within 15 plays, they're in the game. They find a way to win it at the end. And lo and behold, the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team who should look, they should be out of playoff contention based on the way that they play between the lines. But they may end up winning the division, not because they're the best team, but just because they kind of find a way to know how to do these things year after year. <laughs> uh, and yeah, then they DJ, just kind of outlast everybody. Yeah, the Steelers defense is certainly a big part of that. Yeah, no question, Rhett. When you look at defensively, Minka Fitzpatrick, I think, gets a little bit lost in the shuffle because T.J. Watt is very much in the mix to be Defensive Player of the Year, and he had another phenomenal day. But Minka Fitzpatrick, all he does is go out there and get you 14 tackles. And when you watch what he did against the run, I don't know there's a better high safety who's able to key, read, diagnose, and fill against the run than Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, he is so quick with his keys and to be able to get downhill. I know Dante Foreman had, had a good game when you look at the rushing stats. It could have been much bigger if not for the last line of defense and Minka Fitzpatrick. So this Pittsburgh Steelers defense, we know about T.J. Watt up front. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick pretty darn good in the back end as well. And look, for the Tennessee Titans, like they're still kind of, you know, they're in the playoff picture here without two of their best players in Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. But, I mean, these turnovers have got to stop. I mean, in the second half, they turned it over on three straight possessions. Steelers got three field goals out of those three turnovers, and that is ultimately the difference in this game. Guys, they have lost three of their last four, and in those three losses, 13 turnovers. Four, four, and five in those three games. Like, that's not because they lost Derrick Henry or because they lost I – mean, you got to take care of the football when you're down some of these marquee players. And I think it also illustrates, like, Deontay Foreman at over 100 yards. They've been okay running the football without Derrick Henry. It seems even more clear with each passing week that A.J. Brown has been out that he is the most valuable piece of this Titans offense here, Bucky, uh, and one of the biggest reasons why they can't get off the ground here. Yeah, no, they can't get off the ground without their stars. And look, let's – Deontay Foreman might have had over 100 yards, but they still missed Derrick Henry because it changes the way the defenses play the Tennessee Titans. And Ryan Tannehill hasn't been the same player yeah. since Derrick Henry was put on the shelf. But you're right about A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is the number one receiver. A.J. Brown is the difference maker in this offense. Julio Jones is not what he once was, and he's always injured. And so when I look at this team, they certainly miss Derrick Henry, but, man, A.J. Brown is yeah. a key contributor. I think we now have a greater appreciation for what he brings to the offense as a playmaker on the perimeter. All right, guys, let's get to game number three here of our big three on this Move the Sticks Monday. Well, <clears throat> feels like everybody felt uh, some of Tom Brady's frustration in this game. Uh, the Saints sideline, uh, backup wideouts, probably Gronk at some point, the Microsoft Surface, Brady shut out for the first time since 2006, <laughs> Bucks, miss an Bucks miss an opportunity to clinch the NFC South Division title, Saints get the 9-0 win, Cam Jordan, unblockable in this game, two sacks, he now has 100 for his career, congrats to you, Cam Jordan, two of the four sacks on Tom Brady, Saints into the seventh seed and final NFC playoff seed. For now, more on that uh, in just a moment here. But, DJ, what do you think of the pressure plan by Dennis Allen and the Saints here to get after Tom Brady in this game? 
Well, they did it with what's always given Tom Brady trouble for 20 years, right? We talk about that interior pressure, but they didn't do it with their tackles so much as they did it with their big ends. They've got two unique guys, two unique body types. And you've got Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport, who you line up outside. They were able to get them isolated inside on guards. They did it by running games. They did it by just put, walking a linebacker down on the outside, which would free them up on guards. I think this is something we're seeing around the league, is just trying to isolate these interior blockers with more athletic, rangy defenders. And when you have Marcus Davenport and you have a big-time player uh, up there in Cam Jordan, they had no answer for that. And it was in Tom Brady's face early and often, and it just didn't look like the same Bucks offense. And, Bucky, it felt like the front was attached to what they want to do in the back end as well with how they, they – tried to take away uh, some of the stuff that uh, Tom Brady likes to get that ball out of his hand quick. Yeah, you're right. It certainly didn't look like the uh, Saints uh, were worried about what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were doing because they felt like they had the upper hand. DJ talked about the pass rush plan. Cam Jordan dominating at the point of attack, having his way versus any and all comers. But really, it was on the outside, the perimeter players. The Saints do not fear the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so they're willing to go toe-to-toe with them. Press coverage, take away the layups, Make Tom Brady earn every yard. And even though we can say, yeah, it's easy to do that when you don't have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, they did it from the jump. First play was an interception that was eventually overturned, but it spoke to how Lattimore and those guys feel about the perimeter players that the Buccaneers present. They're not scared. They're not intimidated by the Buccaneers. They're willing to go toe-to-toe. And because of that, they make long days for Tom Brady and company. And we've seen it since Tom Brady's come to Tampa. He has had a tough time dealing with the New Orleans Saints defense. And guys, look, like this was not Tom Brady's best game. Certainly no one's saying that, but it wasn't his worst game either. I mean, he he had one pass so perfect to Rob Gronkowski that Gronk didn't even see it. Like when it like went right through his hands as he was running. I mean, it was perfectly placed and just went. Now, I have never seen Gronk and Brady like so off. Two receptions on 11 targets. For Rob Gronkowski, now given a lot of those were drops, you just don't see that very often. The thing to wonder here about the, the Bucs is the injuries. And uh, Arian Rappaport is reporting Chris Godwin and an MCL injury will keep him out for the rest of the regular season. That's something to watch as we get into the playoffs. Leonard Fournette dealing with a hamstring. Mike Evans dealing with a hamstring. Maybe Evans not quite as serious uh, moving forward. So those are three absolutely vital pieces to the Bucs and their attempt to go for two here this year. So we got to follow their uh, prospects of getting back healthy. But as of right now, Bucks sit in that three seed. And so as of right now, they would miss the Saints in the playoffs. And that would probably be a good thing, right? At this point, the Bucks would not want to be the number two seed and have to play the, the Saints again in the wild card round, right? With the way the Saints have their number. But that's how it looks oh, right no. now. Packers, only team in the entire NFL that has clinched a playoff spot. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Browns, with a win, will vault to first place in the AFC North but with a loss, will be the number 12 seed in the AFC. That's kind of the state of affairs uh, right now here in this game, and they're going to be without their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, did not test out of the COVID protocols. Also going to be without their top two quarterbacks in case Keenum and Baker Mayfield, in addition to like 20 other players that have been on the COVID-19 list here, which is why we're playing this game on a Monday. They will have Nick Mullins, though, guys. And, I mean, look, there's one thing we can say. I think this might be the best third-string quarterback in all of football right now. Am I right, DJ? Yeah, well, there's like six of them. There's like six teams that carry three quarterbacks. So, yeah, he's the best of those six. Uh, I'll, I'll give you that. And Bucky, by the way, we'll get to him in a second. I know Bucky is the president and has long been the president of the Nick Mullins fan club. Uh, but, look, this game, when you look at it, everything's stacked against the Cleveland Browns in this one. I think they get a chance to just play with kind of house money here. And they've got a couple guys that can take over a football game with the absences that they have in place. And that's Miles Garrett. Uh, see if he can go ahead and take over the game at the line of scrimmage. We've talked a lot about teams trying to isolate their edge rushers on interior guys. I think you'll see them try and get him matched up a little bit with Alex Leatherwood inside, see if he can't have some fun in there. And then you flip it over to the other side. Nick Chubb, man, Buck, you're going to give him the ball as many times as he wants it in this game with the injuries that they have and the pass rush that the Raiders have. I got to imagine that Nick Chubb's going to see the football an awful lot. He absolutely is going to see the ball an awful lot. I think this is a perfect opportunity for the Browns to get back to their identity. I know Stephen, Kevin Stefanski is not there, but when you think about the way this team really wins, they win because of their running game and their defense. But when I look at the people that are missing, they still have the running game intact, and they still should be able to play really good defense against a Raiders team that has struggled in certain areas. This should not change um, what the goal is for the Browns tonight. They need to beat the Raiders up by playing a physical brand of ball on offense. And then defensively, they have to make Derek Carr uncomfortable with Miles Garrett and company still available and together at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, the Cleveland Browns can win this one. I would expect them to play well. Look, again, I know we, I was, we were joking around a little bit, but Nick Mullins has played a season's worth of football in his career. He has started 16 games. He's won five of them. Remember his first start You're against the Raiders? Off that. On like a Monday night? You are not backing off that. Did Wave that flag. Wave that down? Nick Mullins flag. <laughs> no picks? Come on. Southern Miss? Golden Eagles? Let's go, Nick Mullins, tonight. Yeah. 5 p.m. Eastern yeah. right here on NFL Network. Uh, look, backs against the wall. Nick Mullins will rise up for the Browns. All right, here we go. Let's get to the next game. Here we go. Monday night football, Vikings and Bears. Interesting one here because if the Vikings win, they will jump the Saints for the seventh and final seed in the NFC, at least for like 12 hours until tomorrow when Washington and Philly could totally shake up the bottom of that NFC playoff picture uh, again when they play on Tuesday night, one of two games tomorrow as well. But let's start with this game here. It's an elimination game for the Bears. Although it kind of feels like uh, maybe we may have already seen that here. Uh, but the Bears lost, and they are officially done from the postseason. 
DJ, what does this Vikings defense need to do? Much maligned defense this year to try to slow down Justin Fields. Well, I know that this has not been the same defense they've had in the past, but I know one thing that is the same, and that is in the middle of that defense, Eric Kendricks playing at a ridiculously high level, and he does it both against the run and against the pass. And when you look at this game, uh, he's going to have to be able to step up to slow down Justin Fields. Justin Fields wants to move around. He can mirror him. You want to talk about a perfect spy for somebody like Justin Fields. It is Eric Kendricks. He can also uh, be a big-time weapon as a blitzer. So I think he's instrumental in this ballgame for the Vikings. What do you think, Buck? What's Justin Fields got to do tonight for the Bears? Look, man, I think Justin Fields has to play within the confines of the offense, meaning he needs to make the plays that are there to be made. And then every now and then he can get off the script. But I think the Bears are at their best when they incorporate David Montgomery. They're able to run the football. They're able to do some things that allow them to control and dictate the terms when they want their young quarterback to make plays. So I need to see them play a clean game in terms of avoiding the turnovers. And then literally just simply take what they give you. If they give you the checkdowns, take the checkdown. They give you the outside short routes, take that. If Justin Fields does those things, he can put immense pressure on the Minnesota Vikings because we know his natural athleticism is going to lead to a few plays that he makes that are off the script. Yeah, and take the green space in front of you uh, if you're Justin Fields, especially if that's what the Vikings defense is going to give you there. Uh, he is so electric when he gets uh, out in open space. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Let's get back to the Sunday games here on Move the Sticks. Field goal battle between the Bengals and Broncos for much of this game. It was a 9-3 Bengals lead uh, that turned when Drew Locke came in for an injured Teddy Bridgewater, engineered a touchdown drive, but Joe Burrow to Tyler Boyd took the lead for the Bengals late, a lead they would not relinquish. Teddy Bridgewater uh, taken to a hospital, spent the night in the hospital, and is expected to be released today, which is good news and is doing much better, but will enter the NFL's concussion protocol. So let's talk about this game here, guys, uh, particularly the Bengals' defense, Bucky. What did you see from that group uh, to limit the Broncos' explosiveness on offense? You know, here's what I like about the Cincinnati Bengals and why I think they are a legitimate threat to not only make the playoffs, but to do some damage in the playoffs is they are a blue-collar unit that gets after it, man. The effort that they display up front, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, uh, Larry Ognobi, like they have some guys that get after it. And because they play so hard and play with so much energy, plays just kind of tend to happen for them. And so when you think about teams as we're lining up the AFC North and you're looking at the pros and cons of each team, I just look at this defense and I think this defense is good enough to get them over the threshold. I like what the Cincinnati Bengals are doing. And I look at it, Buck, it's interesting. You mentioned that defense and how well they're playing. I saw some concern in the back end. I don't think that the Denver Broncos were equipped to take care of that because of their struggles at the quarterback position. But this is a win to me that's a big deal for the Bengals because this is a difference between good teams and great teams. The good teams, they, they get in these muddy, ugly games, and you win some, you lose some. The great teams find a way to the winner's circle when they're not playing their best ball. For them to go on the road, it's against a very good Denver Broncos defense, kind of mud around a little bit, but find a way to the winner's circle. That's a great sign that this team is taking the next steps. Guys, the Broncos' offense is so frustrating. Like They have so much explosiveness on the outside and at the receiver position, at the tight end spot. And you get a, a game Running in which backs. Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton combined for two catches, all of them from, from Sutton. Jerry Judy, zero receptions in this game for a first-round wideout with that kind of talent. I, that's just, like, unacceptable. I don't even care what defense you're playing. you got to get that guy the ball some way, somehow. Uh, it's, it, it is frustrating uh, for the Broncos, and I'm sure for Broncos fans, to watch uh, those guys uh, run around without getting the football. Uh, so the Bengals, though, with a big win and a big matchup coming up next week in the AFC North against the Ravens. All right, let's get back uh, to another game we saw on Saturday. Colts and Patriots. Nice to have a closer like Jonathan Taylor if you are Indianapolis. Look, I, I thought the Patriots did like a pretty decent job on him for much of the game, and then he absolutely knocked it out of the park with the 67-yarder to ice the game at the end. Uh, and that was uh, quite a way to do it. Patriots knew they were going to run it, knew Taylor was getting it, just couldn't stop it. And the Patriots comeback falls short. Colts get the big win, 27-17 to here. DJ, quick Mac Jones thought, tale of two halves. F in the first half, A in the second, going to give him a C. What do you think? Oh, there you go. I, look, that's a fair grade from you. I, I actually came away from that game kind of encouraged because yeah. it's the first time we've seen Mac Jones and and everybody knows you're going to throw the ball scenario. It actually played pretty well in the second half of that ball game. But the story of the game really was the line of scrimmage that was won by the Indianapolis Colts. And they were the more physical team. You saw Jonathan Taylor deliver that knockout blow. But I look at them on the defensive side of the ball. They were able to get penetration. They were able to get knockback up front. And I look at the linebackers. When you look at Darius Leonard and Bobby Okereke, these guys are so long and athletic and rangy, and that has been what teams are looking for in the draft for these off-the-ball linebackers, trying to find guys just like this. And Buck, Chris Ballard has two of them. He does have two of them. DJ, I kind of equate what the Colts are doing on defense to what Syracuse has done for years in college basketball. They play their two teams on. Jim Beheim has figured out how to put those six, seven, long wing players to really make the zone a bigger zone. Well, that's what the Colts are doing with guys like Darius Leonard in the middle of that defense. When you play zone coverage, you got your eyes on the quarterback. You now have a bigger body in the middle of the field or in those passing lanes. It makes it harder for quarterbacks to find those open windows. It leads to more tips and overthrows because you're trying to navigate around those long bodies inside. And as a result, we're seeing more interception. This is a team that's tied for first in takeaways with the Dallas Cowboys because, man, their guys are long and rangy, and they make it difficult and challenging on a quarterback to fit the ball in the small place. 
And look, good for the Colts. They figure out a way to get a win in a gotta-have-it spot against the team that was the number one seed in the AFC. That's a huge win. Thought Frank Reich did a fantastic job managing that game. And in essence, also kind of managing Carson Wentz a little bit. I want to go back to the last two losses this team had against the Tennessee Titans a few weeks ago and then against the Bucs more recently. These were games where the Colts were up double digits at one point in this game. It was early in the Titans game. It was later against the Bucs and then some turnovers, some Carson Wentz issues there popped up, allowed those teams to get back in and ultimately win those games. And so here in this game, you see Wentz just threw it 12 times, uh, five completions in the game. And, you know, thankfully you got a guy like Jonathan Taylor back there to mask some of that, but just felt like maybe, you know, they kind of saw what had happened in those two games where they had leads like this one. You start to see the Patriots making their move and they're like, all right, let's kind of shut this thing down, minimize the risk, hand it off to Taylor and get out of here with a win, which is what they did. By the way, uh, DJ, talking about that linebacker profile, I mean, does that fit Utah linebacker Devin Lloyd to a T right there? Is he the next one we're going to be talking about? Yeah, it's exactly who he is. He's got that inside-outside flexibility. He's got that range, and he shows up in pass coverage. He's the next one. Kyle Whittingham calling him the best defender to ever come through the University of Utah. Pretty high praise right there from wow. the Utes head coach. Wow. we got to go back to the game we were all watching here, essentially together, um, the Chiefs and the Chargers. And this was, look, a game where the triplets showed up for the Chiefs. Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill down the stretch. Kelsey with the walk-off winner in OT, 34-28. Chiefs get a huge win, especially in the division standings here. And uh, DJ, uh, sitting there in SoFi Stadium, I know you were saying it was one of the loudest uh, games you've been to at SoFi with that crowd, uh, but the Chiefs ultimately got it done. What did you see there? Well, it was a heavyweight fight between the two quarterbacks, no doubt. That was as advertised. But I thought you hit it. The stars for the Chiefs in the second half, They took over the ball game, especially coming down the stretch with Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyree Kill. The Chargers just didn't have an answer with Derwin James out of the game, Noah Asante Samuel Jr. Look, there's guys missing for both teams, but I think those guys being absent in the secondary uh, was a big reason why you saw this Chiefs trio just take over the ball game. But the bigger takeaway from me, I think looking at this ball game, was on the other side for the Chiefs. Without Chris Jones, I thought the country got a chance to see this guy right here, number 54, Nick Bolton. I thought there were three of them out there because he was either hitting the quarterback, breaking up a pass, or making a play in the run game on every single play. He ended up with 14 tackles in this game, three pass breakups. This dude is a star, another stud in this rookie draft class we have around the league. Now, people get to know this guy. This guy is going to be a perennial pro bowler for the Chiefs. Yeah, Buck, what did you see in this game here for, uh, with the Chiefs and the Chargers? No, look, you, we talk about the Chiefs and the star power. I think that is really interesting and phenomenal. It's really what they've been built on. I think we saw on the other side, Brandon Staley is unafraid of all the smoke that comes with the style of play that the Chargers engage in. He believes in his quarterback. He's called his quarterback anything from a superstar to a gangster, and he wants to put the ball in this quarterback's hands. And so the Chargers are willing to go on fourth down at all times because they believe that their quarterback, Justin Herbert, gives them the best chance to win when he is the guy that is forced to make the play. And whether we can say, hey, this works or it doesn't work, it's analytical or not, I believe in his conviction. And because of his conviction, I believe that his players believe in this style of play. And eventually, look, it's going to go their way more times than not because there's a belief within the building that we're going to toe the line of being aggressive and we're not worried about the negative stuff that could come if it doesn't fall our way because our quarterback is going to make us right more times than not and we're going to live with it. I also think, guys, when you look at matchups, we talked earlier about, man, the Bucs probably don't want to see the Saints in the postseason. And talking to some folks in Kansas City, I I think they appreciate how well the Chargers match up with them. I do not think that's a matchup they would want for a third time in the postseason. So that's something to keep an eye on. And Rhett, man, it seems like every five minutes there's news that comes out in relation to the COVID-19 list. And when you see what what came out today with the Chargers, and you see Bosta and Austin Eckler, and then Corey Lindsley, who's been their all-pro center, has been outstanding in that offensive front. I mean, that's huge. I know it's the Houston Texans, man, but you take nothing for granted going no. forward with uh, with playing with a limited roster. And not with those key players uh, out. And hopefully get some of those guys that missed uh, on Thursday night back. So maybe it helps offset, but still could be some more names added to that list as we get further developments here on the reserve COVID-19 list. Uh, and the issues with the Chargers and, and with teams around the league. Certainly 
uh, having an impact here this weekend moving forward. As you get a look at the AFC playoff picture, it is absolutely wild. Look at that wild card. Uh, three eight and six teams. You got the Bengals at eight and six right now, first place in the North. That could change tonight if the Browns get a win over the Raiders. I mean, the, the Ravens at one point were the one seed in the AFC. They're now out of the playoff picture entirely, but you know, based on tiebreakers, could be right back in it. It is absolutely insane, and I'm here for all of it. Two games tonight. One game kicking off here very soon uh, between the Raiders and the Browns. And then tomorrow, we get another double dose. little Tuesday doubleheader here. And we'll start with the Washington football team in Philly. NFC East matchup against the Eagles. DJ, what are you watching for in that NFC East matchup? I'll tell you what, a guy that intrigues me, and I, I've always enjoyed watching him, him as a player, and now you're starting to really see him come into his own as Dallas Goddard with the Philadelphia Eagles. They make that trade with Zach Ertz really just to kind of free up opportunities for him. Then they give him a new contract, and he has delivered. I mean, he is a big physical guy who helps you out in the run game as your traditional why, and then he can get down the field, make things happen, and do things after the catch. So he's really one of the best young players in the NFL. Buck, I don't know that everybody necessarily knows about this dude, but watch him. Watch him in this ballgame. Appreciate all the things he can do. Look, he's a talented player. He's really been the centerpiece of their passing game and I, what I want to see is what the Philadelphia Eagles look like now that they've been settled with expectations in terms of people expect this team to kind of make a run because of the way the schedule breaks for them and the way that Jalen Hurts and then later Garner Minshew has played in recent weeks so can they continue to keep running the ball to the level that they've been running it and can they win the game that they're expected to win this is a huge game in my mind for the Philadelphia Eagles in terms of let's see where they are and where they can go they have to win this one so we can feel good about their prospects of even making the playoffs. Yeah, I'm kind of with you guys here. Uh, Washington, you know, certainly dealing with some issues with their quarterback situation. Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke, you know, they'd love to have one of those guys available for them here. Terry McLaurin's been banged up a bunch. It, it just it, it hasn't felt right for Washington on offense in a little bit here and uh, see if they can get things on track, uh, depending on who ends up lining up for them at quarterback uh, on Tuesday night. Okay, here we go. The next game on Tuesday, Seahawks and Rams. Rams with a big win a week ago over the Cardinals to get off of the schneid and break that losing streak. And so now they get the Seahawks into town here at SoFi Stadium. DJ, do the Rams make it two in a row here? I think they do. And to me, this is like literally the only piece of good news for the New York Jets and their fans this year is what's happened with the Seattle Seahawks. So you can watch this game as a Jets fan uh, and actively root for the Rams to win this game. So you end up having two top 10 picks like that. That's the good news right now uh, with what's gone on in a tough year uh, for the Jets. But I do like the Rams at home in this one. I think they'll be able to heat up the quarterback a little bit. They'll be able to get Russell uncomfortable. I think the Rams are going to pull this one out, Buck. Yeah, no, I think this is a real tough one uh, because, look, it's a robbery, but the Seattle Seahawks don't match up well with the Rams. And we talk about matchups and styles making fights. And so for the Rams, this is another opportunity for them to kind of find their way as a star-studded team and for Sean McVay to continue to impress upon his team hey, we need to run the football. Matthew Stafford, I want to set you up for big play opportunities. I want to continue to incorporate OBJ into the offensive game plan because we've seen it. They have enough star power to give any team in this league problems, but can Sean McVay get this team to play the right way? We'll get a chance to see against the Seattle Seahawks team that is a little undermanned. Yeah, and look, the reason we're seeing this game on uh, Tuesday night is the Rams are going to be shorthanded. And they've got, uh, you know, as many COVID-19 additions uh, on their li reserve list right now as, as, you know, the Browns and all these teams that have been hit really hard. So how do they handle being shorthanded at a number of positions here against the Seahawks team? Team that plays them tough. It's an NFC West matchup. Like, what does that Jalen Ramsey, uh, DK Metcalf situation look like? Uh, Tyler Lockett's availability. You know, like, there's so many variables in here. Really tough one to call. Uh, but it's going to be fun to watch Seahawks and Rams 7 o'clock Eastern time kick on Fox on a Tuesday night. Now for scout stories and scouts in attendance at the Peach Bowl will not get the opportunity to see two of the best players on either team. Michigan State's Kenneth Walker was a Heisman candidate for much of the season as a running back for Mel Tucker's squad. He is bowing out. We'll be at the next level. We'll be in that top running back conversation when we get to the draft here. And Kenny Pickett, a Heisman finalist for Pitt. 
set uh, school records with his performance this year for the Pitt Panthers, and a terrific quarterback here is now going to forego the bowl game and enter the NFL draft. DJ, how does Kenny Pickett stack up with the rest of these quarterbacks early on right now in the process? Well, I think he's right there at the top. You talk about having the best tape this year. I, I don't think that that's really a debate. I think he had the best tape of any of these quarterbacks who are going to be in the upcoming draft class. Now, some people will say, okay, maybe he's hit his ceiling and you're not going to get much more out of him. All I know is I watch this guy. I see a lot of twitch. Um, he's got a lot of life in his lower half. He can extend plays and create. He's tremendously accurate. He's got poise. Now, there's some habit things he needs to break. His hands separate in the pocket when he gets pressure. He's going to have to clean some of those things up. He can get a little too busy with his feet at times and get ready for hand size season because he's got oh, two boy. gloves. Reportedly, he's going to have under nine-inch hands, so that's going to be a topic of conversation. But the numbers and the performance speak for themselves. Uh, I think he's very much in the mix to be the top quarterback off the board. Yeah, I agree with you, DJ. I think he's certainly in the mix uh, for being the top quarterback in this class. And I think there's going to be even more excitement about him because of what we saw from Mac Jones. And we see it every year where uh, guys that maybe we were a little low on that surprise us in the league, they then benefit somebody else who has a game that's very, very similar. And I'm not saying that Kenny Pickett's game is necessarily identical to what Mac Jones displayed during his time at Alabama. But I am saying the experience, the know-how, the expertise, and the IQ that Kenny Pickett brings to the table is going to remind some of what Mac Jones brought to the table a year ago. Because Mac Jones has had a very solid rookie year, it's going to help Kenny Pickett's chances. I think he's certainly going to get the Mac Jones boost, and we'll see what it looks like at the end when we get to draft day in April. Guys, I'm just telling you, I haven't spent some time around Kenny Pickett. Guys who get in the room with him, whether it be at the Combine, at the Senior Bowl, and in this process, are going to absolutely love him. He has a magnetic personality, and that also translates to how he interacts with his teammates. Guys want to be around him. He is a fantastic leader, in addition to all the skills that you're talking about and what we're seeing on tape and on the field. So, uh, really excited to get to talk about Kenny Pickett here for the next few months, in addition to this quarterback class here as we get closer to the draft. Guys, let's get back here. What in the world is going on with the Arizona Cardinals? I get it. DeAndre Hopkins has been out, is going to be out for the next few weeks as well. But there's still a ton of talent on that team, especially to go into Detroit and get utterly dominated by a, a team with one of the worst records in football for much of this season. So, DJ, are you concerned here with what's going on? Back-to-back -back losses now for the Cardinals? <laughs> yeah, he's just lost to the Lions. Yeah, heck yeah, I'm concerned. Uh, this is the be beginning to look like the Raiders uh, of the NFC. The Raiders we see get off to a hot start every year, then they just collapse down the stretch. And we're seeing this now throughout Kyler Murray's career. This is year three. You go back to last year. I mean, the first year they lost just about the whole year, so that wasn't a beginning-end thing. But last year they lost five of their last seven games. Right now they're in the midst of having lost three of five, and they've got games coming up against the Colts and on the road against the Cowboys. Now that's a situation you can be losing five of seven there and then finish up with the Seattle Seahawks. So absolutely I am concerned. This team could lose their grip on uh, first place tonight if the Rams get a win. And, and this schedule, I, I'd be worried, very worried about this team going forward, Buck. Yeah, I think you have to be concerned because if you really looked at that game, the Lions dominated the game. They dominated with a backup running back that no one knew of. Uh, he had over 100 yards. Craig and Reynolds. You have Jerry Goff going comfortably off play action. And, and they were able to just do whatever they wanted to do. And so for a team that had been led by their defense, defense that played well for most of the year, yeah, I'm concerned because if the defense begins to fall apart, we've seen the offense take a step back due to injuries and such. This is not the same team that we saw at the beginning of the year. And they're fading, and they're fading fast. Yeah, it, it is a troubling trend. Uh, and look at the – I mean, you can see the frustration. Like, what, what is going on here for the Arizona Cardinals? I mean, they got to figure it out. they got to get themselves into the postseason, try to get a little bit healthier, maybe get hot back. But, hey, can we also just give big hats off to Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions? Um, yep. I mean, they were – you know, it was a punchline when he was hired, and uh, it is clear that they keep punching, uh, even in the face of mounting losses. He's got that team playing hard. What you got, Deej? Hey, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they got the first pick, baby. Here we go. Familiar territory, unfortunately, for the Jaguars <laughs> down in Duval County. All right, for Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah, I'm Brent Lewis. Thanks for being with us on Move the Sticks. Hope to be back with you normal time on NFL Network next, mo next Monday as well uh, at uh, 3 o'clock Eastern time. See you guys then.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 